time to hit record. What's going on, guys? Hey, it's Anthony, and you're listening to the Culture Jack Podcast. It's Monday Madness, and today I have a ton of movie news, little bit of video game news, and our main topic of this episode of this podcast is going to be a little bit of that smoochy booche, a little bit of that movies, movies, and okay, let's get that straight out of the, out of the gate. No, we're going to be talking about Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes and uh, revisiting some of the movies that uh, Kevin Smith has created and some of the characters both of those guys have played. They are still extremely relevant in today's culture uh, as far as their comedy, their storytelling, and so much more. Let's dive into the episode. All right, so happy belated Valentine's Day, folks. I hope you had an incredible weekend. As always, I'm actually in between painting my little dude's room at the moment and thought, okay, gotta gotta let the paint dry by itself. Enough of me sitting there staring at it. Why not? Come on downstairs and uh, gear up for today's Monday Madness episode. Uh, other than that, just getting some stuff done as I uh, normally do through the weekend. I did, however, with anticipation for this episode, watched Clerks 2, in which I had to freaking buy. I couldn't believe it was not available on any streaming services that I could find. So I had to buy the movie. It was 12 bucks, I think, through iTunes, if I remember correctly. And still enjoyable. Still loved the movie. But we're going to get to that here momentarily. So one of the things that came with Valentine's Day, other than hopefully uh, if you have a significant other, maybe you celebrated it, maybe you uh, did something special for that special uh, person in your life, and uh, I hope you did. With that, though, the new Justice League trailer was released. Zack Snyder's, I believe his final trailer for the Snyder Cut was released on Valentine's Day. Did you folks happen to catch it? If not, I'm going to tell you about it a little bit. I'm not going to go into too much detail. I will say that this is by far, in my opinion, the best trailer to come for the Snyder Cut. Super stoked to see it. And they finally showed us Jared Leto's Joker. Now, Jared Leto's Joker has been kind of the talk of the town. It's been quite controversial because there's comments that he is ripping off the Heath Ledger Batman. There's uh, other allegations of this and that. I say this. Yeah, they did some black and white photos. Um, And then, of course, you get to see Jared Leto as the Snyder Cut Joker. And to me... The Joker has so many different faces, and of course, people are are making, you know, comments about uh, why didn't he reprise the same character looks from the Batman Joker, or excuse me, from Suicide Squad, and this and that. We don't know where this falls in the story. We don't know which, uh, if this is pre the Suicide Squad Joker, is it post Suicide Squad Joker? Or what have you. Regardless, I thought he looked fine. I liked his his line in it. And I'm interested to see uh, how much of a role and how important his character is within the film. We, of course, got to see several new character sequences within the trailer. And I'll say this. So a few weeks back, I did watch the original Justice League, anticipating kind of the watch off that both Dustin and I are going to be doing. Um, because Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut, is coming March 18th. So I had to do a little, little bit of a little bit of homework there with rewatching um the original, and then I'll rewatch it again just so I've got the the freshy fresh. And from the trailers, I believe that they did add some some new elements, and we're we're all aware of that, right? I mean, that's not new news to anybody. That's the whole point. Zack Snyder got 70 million. Uh, 
for production. I, I don't believe, and I'm not sure if the only marketing that's being done is by Zack Snyder, because he's getting plenty of, atten- plenty of attention. Um, but I think that he could, this could be the evolution that the justice league movie needed to get it to where it should have been, uh, with its previous release. So, We'll have to see. We'll have to see. There's still is some stuff that I don't think is corrected. I can't stand when I rewatched the original Justice League. I cannot stand the way that they did Cyborg. I just can't. I absolutely hate how they did um, the jagged edges on his uh, his his body, and I, I just don't like it at all. One iota. More to come on that when we. Dustin and I do our uh, watch video of the original. And then, of course, we'll do another podcast of the new Zack Snyder cut to see were the changes enough to make it big. Excited, though. I am super, super freaking excited. A, and I mentioned this several times, um, this is one of the first kind of pullbacks that they've done for a major production movie. And the other movie is still available. It's not like they pulled it off the shelf and said, hey, don't watch this. Uh, we're redoing it. Uh, you'll get the new version soon. The other version, like you can sit there and watch the other version today. You can watch it tomorrow, what have you. Um, and we're getting the newest the newest version coming March 18th. I'm not sure if they have any plans at um, taking the original off the market or they're just going to leave it and hope that uh, maybe maybe this situation draws appeal. And I'm sure that a lot of people are watching it to see um, and to uh, build up their opinion of the original so they can watch the new one like like we're going to do and many others. So new trailers out. Check it out. HBO Max has it on their website. Zack Snyder, if you follow him on social media, he's released on like every platform known to man. And I, and again, I believe this is the final trailer for what's to come with the justice league. So again, excited, excited to see that March 18th. Now, as I was uh, watching that or shortly after I watched it, I should say, um, I did see a little, little rumor mill and uh, it, it's relevant to Justice League, at least two characters from there. There is rumors going around. Hold on. Right now, in the rumor mill, there is some speculation that Ben Affleck or Baffleck and Jared Leto may be doing the killing the uh, killing joke uh which if you're not familiar and i should have pulled it out and i didn't for whatever reason um there's actually an animated movie on this on hbo max and the dceu um it's originally a 1988 dc comic short by alan moore who is an incredible writer especially in the 80s when he was doing the Watchmen and doing the batman killing joke but um, I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. I have the uh, comic. I've seen the movie. It is a hell of a story. In fact, it was one of, I believe, and I may be wrong when I say this, I believe it was one of the first rated R, like, Batman cartoons that uh, DC had done, like, the the full animation. So you guys got to check that out. It would be cool. I think it could be badass if they did it, and uh, they did it well, but... You know, who knows, because there's previous to this rumor coming out, uh, I had heard and seen several little clips from different sources saying that uh, Baflick's last final uh, piece of the puzzle is in Flashpoint as, you know, what whatever version of Batman they're going to put in there. So I don't know if it's real or not. I. I definitely, because of all the hype around Justice League, it's a perfect time to kind of litter rumors because it's going to get people to watch and it's going to get people excited, even though I I feel like that's probably not going to happen. Um, but I don't know, you know. 
And a couple of things that I am excited about is <clears throat> the video game movies slash TV shows that are going to be coming. There's a couple that we're going to be talking about today in the news. Uh, you know, video games haven't, video games themselves have gotten huge, of course, but video game adapted movies, we haven't seen a whole lot. Like we haven't seen a lot of success. We haven't seen a lot like the big major productions or anything that really kind of stood out to us. Um, but I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like we have a couple in the works right now that could change that forever. And that is HBO is in the works for the last of us. And right now the cast that they have is Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie and Bella Ramsey. If you, if you don't remember, she was in game of Thrones. Uh, I don't think it quotes her character, but if you see the photo, you can Google this and you can see yourself and you'll recognize her. If you watched game of Thrones, this is super, like, super exciting because of the wild success, just wild success that The Last of Us have has had, both one and two. HBO has done a pretty damn good job with their TV shows. Um, so I would say that they definitely have a uh, good chance at creating both a strong story, a very well orchestrated uh, and produced and directed show so we'll see nothing nothing is quite out other than the last of us is coming hbo they apparently got the rights from sony and then there's those two folks are tied to it so pedro pascal and bella ramsey are currently tied to it okay and it looks like actually uh neil Druckmann, a writer and creative director from the last of us video game may be tied to this as too so that could be good that could be definitely be good news. Let's keep it going. More to come on that. I'm through. I, I'm sure as more information is released, more um, footage and and just the whole shoot match. Now, this next article is a, a bit of a long one, so I'll try to get through it as best as I can. On the topic of video games becoming movies, Borderlands, the movie. Borderlands to me is an incredible game, super fun to play, funny plot points, funny characters, and just flat out fun. If that's your kind of game, if you're not familiar with it, check it out, Borderlands. They have been a highly successful runner. I think it's from 2K Games for quite a while, and rightfully so. Uh, the stories in them also are just on point. Anyways, um, let's see. We want to talk a little bit about this Borderlands movie. I'm trying to go uh oh it's actually gearboxes sandbox shooter so if you're not familiar that's what it is shooter and looter video game series distant planet where vault hunters run and gun through deformed monsters and laugh through endless entertaining quips from the npcs um and then it goes on and on i'm not going to go too far uh let's see i'm trying to find a section of this article uh, things are shaping up nicely, though. A notable director, which is Eli Roth, who directed Hostel and Cabin Fever, was best known for his horror and Tarantino favorite actor. You'll spot him both in uh, Inglourious Bastards and Death Proof, after all. Uh, he also directed the successful House with a Clock in the Walls, which was uh, Jack Black. Uh, the casting is surprisingly prestigious as well. With Kate Blanchett is tied to this, which is awesome. Kate Blanchett's big time uh, actress. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is tied to this, and then there is Jack Black. I believe just got tied to this as well as uh, what Click Clack, I think, or Clack. Excuse me, Claptrap. So I believe Jack Black just got kind of signed signed in or signed up for this movie as well which again um and this this is still pretty early uh, i believe in production or early enough to where we could see additional people signing on big names we could see 
a lot of other things kind of start coming to fruition. Kevin Hart is supposed to be tied to this as well as Soldier Roland. Um, and and just, I, I'm so excited about this. I, re- I really am. Even though it's early, I hate getting excited when it's this early because you don't know what's to come, right? And you don't know, especially now with COVID still going, is this going to get delayed? Is the director going to switch? Are the actors really tied to this? We'll have to see. But Borderlands, the movie, with that much star power with uh, that director, I feel like as long as they, shit, they could just rip off one of the story points and just have fun with it. I hope that's kind of what they do. I hope it's just a fun, um, badass movie. More to come, though, you know, as a lot of these are still in production, um, you know, we we don't know exactly which direction they're going, but we'll know soon enough. That's Borderlands. Again, the uh, up-and-coming movie. Let's see, a little bit of news from comicbook.com. They report some new information. Another, so this is three, three video game movie slash TV series adaptations. Another TV series for you, Twisted Metal, um, which was, if you're not familiar, a huge Carpocalypse-style shoot-em-up car game. Uh, I I played it. I know Dustin, Dustin and I played it as kids and then Twisted Metal 2, 3. And uh, it was huge. And rightfully so. I mean, it, the game was just, not only was the game fun, but I feel like when Twisted Metal came out and they had those cut scenes with the comic characters, that was like some new school stuff at the time. And if you like the game, you got that as you progressed and as you won and, and whatnot, which was a very incredible element at the time because you didn't see much like that. And of course the game was pretty violent, um, but extremely fun, especially if you got a handful of buddies in there and you were doing level after level. And I don't know, I, that, that touch of nostalgia of remembering what twisted metal once was, and now thinking that they're adapting a movie to it. Now that one may be a little tricky. So borderlands got it. Good idea. The last of us. Okay. Okay, I can I can dig that. Twisted Metal, I want it to be cool. I just don't know how are they going to pull it off. Is it just crazy characters in vehicles? I hope that's the route they go. Um, but right now, production has cast Will Arnett for the role of Sweet Tooth. Um, let's see. Or I guess it's saying maybe a voiceover cameo. So we'll have to see what that means. Anthony Mackie as the role as John. Uh, Camille as Nanjian was once considered as well. So I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there. Not a lot of news on it other than it does look like they are moving forward. And the news initially broke last May. So 2019, or excuse me, not last May, the May before last, 2019's May is when the news came out. So again, we haven't seen much on it. I hope Will Arnett's hooked to it. I hope Anthony Mackey's hooked to it. I hope they get a couple of other big name guys to it because I think uh, to make that franchise really launch hard that they should consider a decent story because I don't know how far you could go with that. Maybe it's uh, some origin style stories. That could be kind of a cool idea uh, of how they do it. And then I don't know how they're going to pull off the whole like gladiator car shoot them up match. I hope it's not like death race. Please don't copy death race. Please don't do it. Be original. All right, let's keep moving. So here in the near future, hopefully we'll have some more information on Twisted Metal as well, the series. Um, let's keep going. Uh, big news. And I was happy, happy to read this. Uh, the article that I'm going to refer to is uh, from the New York Times. And it is all about the Chappelle show. So if you're not familiar, Dave Chappelle, the Chappelle show, Chappelle show at the time, uh, it was huge. It was, uh, and still is recognized as one of the biggest comedy shows of all time. And after Dave had his differences and then left and then came back and started doing his own thing, there was some issues with the rights and distribution via comedy central on the Chappelle show. Um, and let me just go into the article. So last fall, Dave Chappelle asked his fans to boycott his old company, comedy central sketch show Chappelle show in order to put pressure on Viacom CBS to rectify the grievances over a contract he signed as a young comedian 
and prominent streaming services agreed to pull the show at his request. The tactic seemed to have worked. As a result of the public pressure, Chappelle, in a video posted early Friday on Instagram, said he was paid millions of dollars and Chappelle's show is now returning to Netflix and HBO Max. When you stopped watching it, they called me. Chappelle 47 said in the clip, and I got my name back and I got my license back and I got my show back <laughs> and they paid me millions of dollars too. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, the issue arose in November when Chappelle posted a video of a stand-up set in which he voiced his complaints against Viacom CBS, which owned Comedy Central. He said that the company had licensed Chappelle's show to Netflix and HBO without providing him any additional uh, additional compensation or even informing him about the deal, uh, something he understood to be legal under his contract, but which he saw unethical. Netflix has pulled the show at Chappelle's request, followed by HBO Max. Um, let's see. There's a little bit more to this story. In a statement, McCarthy said, after speaking with Dave, I am happy we were able to make things right. Officials at Viacom CBS did not disclose the details of the arrangement. Netflix did not immediately respond to a request for a comment. Chappelle's show, which had been broadcast on Comedy Central 2003 to 2006, lasted for two full seasons before Chappelle, the show's star and creator, walked away from it, sparking questions about how he should be or how he had abandoned it and amounted to $50 million deal. In 2006, after his departure, Chappelle told Oprah Winfrey in an, in an interview that he had left the show part because the stress and in part because he felt conflicted about the material that he was producing, saying, I was doing sketches that were funny, but were socially irresponsible. Chappelle said that he had been a broke, expectant father when he signed the contract with Comedy Central, describing it as a row deal. He framed his experience, and let's see, and just discusses how it mistreats artists. So Chappelle's got a show back, got paid for it. Everything's corrected, and that kind of brings an interesting point. So Chappelle, um even though he left the Chappelle show, which was a huge show. I saw it. I'm sure many of you have seen it, if not during the time of airing post uh, all of the events and because it was everywhere. Um, it does, it, it does pose kind of an interesting thought though. So he went to social media and he, he talked about this publicly to where in the past people really didn't talk about bad business deals because they were ashamed or maybe there was a non, a non-disclosure or what have you. But in his case, he did it, he found success, and now he has his show back. And it's interesting because earlier in this episode, I was talking about Justice League and the Zack Snyder cut towards Zack Snyder had kind of a similar uh, situation to where the people and, and everybody kind of stood up for it. And in their case, Warner Brothers made it right. In this case, Viacom CBS made it right. And uh, Dave's got some money in his pocket. And it appears like he's got the rights to uh, the Chappelle show, at least for distribution. I'm not sure, um, obviously, because it didn't go into detail on what exactly that means. But that's good news. Nonetheless, Dave Chappelle is a comedic genius who has a, a long ways to go. So I'm super excited for Dave and uh, to hopefully be able to catch some of the Chappelle show on Netflix or HBO. So super excited there. All right, let's keep the ball moving here. Um, I just wanted to do a quick recap. I'm not going to go into a lot of dialogue. Dustin's done a great job on uh, giving his his view and some of the speculatory assessments done by others as far as WandaVision goes. But man, I am at WandaVision. Just watched episode six. Well, I watched it the day of release. And holy shit, this is there's going to be spoilers I'm going to mention. So I hope you would have seen it by now. And you're not going to like wait for all of them to come out to watch them back to back. I don't or whatever it is you're doing or 
Maybe you're waiting for Christmas. Wow. That's that's all I can say. Um, you know, early on, I said on the podcast, the first two episodes, yeah. I mean, I got what they were doing now, but at the time I was like, man, I hope they really dive into it. By episode three, they really started four. Awesome. Five. Wow. Six. Episode six was, it, in my opinion, one of the biggest cliffhangers because the events that took place, Wanda expands the, the hex bubble, sucking in everything that got caught in her path in an attempt to, I'm assuming, to save Vision simply because Vision was deteriorating as he went outside of it. Vision also has really started to test uh, kind of the construct and test the situation, which was a very important part, uh, in my opinion, of the story arc because you see him kind of learning and understanding and and wanting to do more. Um, So incredible there. Quicksilver, of course, had some really quirky and very interesting dialogue in this episode that I feel like is going to lead up to something in the episodes to come. And just good Lord, what an amazing, what an amazing setup. They were obviously uh, mimicking like Malcolm in the Middle style uh, cinematography uh, or era of the episode, which was cool. Um, Shit, what else was I going to talk about? There was there's just so much in this episode. It's just so, so exciting. And, and you get left on the, the edge of your seat waiting for next Friday. So I, I'm genuinely excited. I know that there's so many rumors out there and there's so much speculation on, is there mutants? Is the X-Men tied to it? Is Mephisto tied to it? Everybody's Mephisto. Everybody's not Mephisto. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. And one thing I did like, because this was a Halloween episode, and again, I'll just run off of this and then just leave it, leave it as it is. Um, I love how they went back to the original Wanda, Scarlet Witch costume and the original Vision costume within the show. I thought that was a very good touch. You got the old school Quicksilver costume. Um, and, uh, I, I just thought it was unique and I'm glad that they did it. I'm also super stoked to see what is to come as I'm sure you guys are as well. Enough on WandaVision. Enough on WandaVision. All right. Let me keep going here. A little bit more news. Um, will, uh, blah. let me try, let me try that again. <laughs> let me try that again. I went off. I don't know what I was doing right there. Um, Will Smith is set to play Kingpin set to play a kingpin, not the kingpin, in Fast and Loose, a movie from Deadpool 2 director David Leach, or Leitch. Uh, Collider Reports um, is written, let's see, Fast and Loose was written by sibling scribes John and Eric Hober, uh, whose credits include Red and The Meg, so it's going to be an action. Both of those movies are uh, just flat-out action, Red, being what Bruce, I think it was like Bruce Willis. Uh, oh, I can't remember the other the other folks that were in that movie. And then Meg was the Megalodon, right? I think it was the Megalodon movie, the one with uh, Jason Statham and a couple of other people. Um, let's see. Uh, the amnesia-themed movie finds Smith waking in Tijuana with no memory after being attacked and left for dead only to discover he has been living two different lives, one as a rich and successful crime boss and the other as a broken, lonely CIA agent. The catch is, dun-dun-dun, he doesn't know which lifestyle represents his true identity, and worse, he's not sure which one he wants to live. Dun-dun-dun. Anyway, so that's coming out here relative. Actually, I don't know when it's coming out. There's no date on it. I did read several articles. Both of them kind of led me down the same path, highlighting essentially what I just read. Um, it's apparently kind of a big deal. We'll see. You know, I, I still appreciate what Will Smith can do as an actor. Um, the Red and Meg are, uh, in my opinion, those fun action, a little bit of comedy um, filled movies. Are they top tier movies? No. Is it something that can pass time and it's enjoyable? Sure. 
let's see what uh let's go ahead and see what fast and loose turns into with will smith and i'm not sure who else is tied to this at this time we'll have to see um let me let me look this up so i started to I started to grab some stuff on this next um, and final news, uh, movie news uh, information, and it was just getting unruly. It was just getting too much, folks. Too much. Too freaking much. Let's, uh, so I'm going to just Google it now. And whichever one comes up first. Is going to be the, that one will work, I hope. All right, so the Hollywood Reporter is what we're going with. The Mandalorian star, Gina Carano, fired amid social media controversy. And so Gina has been in and out of the kind of the limelight with some social media posts, even previous to her uh, departure from Lucasfilms, Disney, and those guys. But most recently, it was the final nail in the coffin um gina carano will not be returning to the mandalorian or the star wars galaxy after sharing a post on social media implying that being a republican today is like being being jewish during the holocaust gina is not currently employed by lucasfilms and there are no plans for her to be uh to be in the future a lucasfilms uh spokesperson said in a statement nevertheless her social media post um, degenerating people based on their cultural and religious identities are unacceptable, which, you know, we've seen this. This is one of many that we've seen and that you're going to see. I mean, we're, you're going to see plenty of other celebrities or actors, actresses that say shit online. I don't know what her intent is. I don't know. I don't know this person. That's not a good post. You should not put that out there, in my opinion. You did. These are the consequences. Um, on Wednesday, the hashtag, hashtag, fire Gina Carano was trending following an Instagram post from the outspoken con- conservative actor and former mixed martial artist that was met with a severe backlash. Um, I'm not going to go into, there. this is actually a pretty big article. Nonetheless, if you're interested in it, just just Google it. it. It was huge news. As you know, she was uh she was in season one and season two of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian season two, she had a more prominent role. Um it's gotta suck to lose the lose that role um in one of the number one TV shows to come out in 2020. That's that's gotta suck, but you you can't post stupid shit on the internet. I mean there's, I'm sure that there's contract and clauses now on what you can and what you can't post, how you interact, um, and that would be definitely one that would be uh, probably in one of those clauses that says, hey, man, you know, you can interact and do certain things, but there is a uh, level in which we expect as you represent the company. I could be completely wrong. I have no clue. I know that she's fired because I'm looking at like 30 different things saying the same thing so i don't know we've also seen people come back but her uh she had some controversial stuff come up uh previous to this so i you know i don't know don't expect to see her in season three of the mandalorian so i don't know what they'll do i thought her character did well her character not her let's uh let's Let's keep this let's keep this thing going then, shall we? Let's just let's just keep it going, keep it going. All right, so let's get into a little bit of video game news. A little bit. Not not a whole lot, just a little tiny bit. Let's talk about Apex Legends. Season 8 is out. Season 8 is out. Super excited for this. Or I was excited for it. I played it. I still am excited. It's fun. Um so I had the opportunity to play Apex Season Eight on the Xbox Series X console. Love it. I like uh, I like how the Series X looks on a nice HD uh, TV. I think it looks crisp. But that's not the only reason I like it. I also like the new character, Fuse, who I believe is like an Australian gunslinger. Really cool movie on him. If you're not familiar with Apex Legends, FPS, Battle Royale, 
first person shooter style. You can do two on two or two, you know, two on a team, do three on a team. Um, check it out. It's free, which is awesome. There is a bunch of shit you can buy. Of course, you know, they, they have to get money somehow. Um, so there's some internal stuff that you can always buy, but season eight comes with a new character fuse. It also comes with one of my favorite weapons in the game. And that's a 30, 30 repeater salvo's most popular weapon. This lever action rifle picks apart the opposition with hard hitting rounds. And it's fun. It's a lever action, uh, heavy, heavy ammo gun. Really fun. I love it. Um, the other thing is they revamped World's Edge, the map. I like the, I like the new version of it. I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail because if you're not familiar, you're going to wonder what the fuck I'm talking about. I love how they revamped it. I like, I, I do. I, I, I've played probably a dozen times, maybe now, maybe less. I don't know. Around a dozen times um, in the new revised map. And it is a treat. Um, so that's also nice. Another cool thing not really related to season eight just so happens to be season eight we got fuse we got the new gun we got some other uh, other things um but the guys are celebrating the two-year anniversary of apex legends right now and from february 9th to february 23rd they're celebrating a special anniversary collection event jump into free rewards a special collection event featuring the return of fan favorite looks and locked and loaded as a playlist takeover. And there's a bunch of things that you could buy in game. Uh, you'll have to check it out if you're an Apex player and you maybe you took a break or maybe you've been doing something else. Make sure and check it out. Um, you got until February 23rd to jump into any of the special loot or special giveaway stuff that is in the two year celebration. That is Apex Legends right now. Check it out. Uh, I tried to pull this timeline and I screwed it up and it didn't save and I tried it twice earlier. So I'm just going to just going to uh, kind of guess through it a little bit. Um, and that was more or less the Cyberpunk 2077 update list for 2021. Um, it shows several patches up until summer and then there's supposed to be some significant undetailed DLC coming mid to late summer. And within that DLC run, well, the DLC run will come mid to late summer through fall and somewhere in between there, not specified will be the uh, Xbox series X or the, I guess, enhancement or update with uh, giving everybody the features that they wanted as far as the modifications to the graphics and, and what have you to run at the uh, systems capabilities in and on the new Xbox. So we'll have to see what Cyberpunk 2077 has in store for us this fall, summer, and well, really the rest of the year. I'm excited to see what else comes out to include the DLC and everything. A huge Cyberpunk fan. Haven't had the ability to play it as much as I've wanted to. Glad that I got to pay, play uh, some Apex Legends, though, I will say that. All right, so a little bit... A little bit of comic news I wanted to share with you guys. As you know, I am a fan of Todd McFarlane, Image Comics. Uh, love what they're doing over there. Something cool that I just kind of happened upon. I was looking at some new, some new comic books that were coming out. I do it on occasion. Perusing, you know, just perusing the good old web. And I just stumbled upon Spawn 311, which is a new newer edition of spawn i do believe 312 might be out or 313 might be out anyways there's four covers exclusive to this this uh comic book and they this isn't new they, they're variant comic covers that's a uh, relatively an old thing they've been doing that for years the cool part is spawn three well uh 311 todd mcfarland decided that hey i'm going to do two dedicated covers Variant covers, which is just a variant cover, just his same comic book, but it's just a variation of the uh, cover. That's it. Just alternate covers. Uh, sometimes they do that in limited production. Sometimes they add some cool things to it. But in this case, he went ahead and did a black and white and full color version. So two variants, original and two variants, the black and white penned and then the full color version 
and it is to commemorate Mr. Chadwick Boseman, which I thought was incredible. He's got a Black Panther belt, uh, like big-ass belt buckle thing, but uh, very very glad to see that. Super stoked to see uh, a guy like Todd take it in. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman had nothing to do with Spawn, as far as I know, um, but to commemorate him is is pretty awesome to see. I, I, I feel like it's cool. I did order some. I'll share that once those come in. Try to get it off Amazon. Don't buy it on Amazon. It was like 28 bucks. So I had to go somewhere else because the comic itself is like five bucks, four bucks. Don't pay 30 bucks. Um, One last thing as far as comics go and comic book news, a uh, local comic shop and local in the sense of uh, with within, I don't know, like 100 miles from me. These poor guys, and, and I've shopped this comic shop for my whole adult life. It's Bosco's in Anchorage. Um, a while back, they relocated up the street from where they were. And with doing so, these jackasses keep driving into the, it's like the second or third time, at minimum the second time, because I saw the first time or what I believed is the first time. And then recently saw it again. These guys are driving their car through the front glass doors and then essentially stealing shit and then pulling out and, and taking off. It's just ridiculous. And, and it's very, it, it's difficult to digest for any business. There is no excuse to do this to anyone at all. But in these guys' case, because I follow them and I'm aware of them as, uh, again, it's inexcusable for anybody. But in this case, I follow these guys, read about their posts. They post, you know, hey, we got new Pokemon. Hey, we got this. Hey, we got that. It's super cool. Inter- uh, they've got a hell of an audience. And these are the same guys also that have been supporting local restaurants by uh, the owners have been buying their staff food. They did it for the month of December, posted it out, and it had an incredible reaction in the community. It also allowed for people to kind of get on that bandwagon, too. And you saw a lot of really cool sharing. You saw a lot of everything. It's just extremely unfortunate, A, to see anybody get robbed, um, but to get a car ran through your glass doors and then robbed. That's freaking brutal. And it's ridiculous. It, it just is. So I've gone in there and bought some stuff recently and, and I'll continue to support those guys. So support your local comic shop or really any small business that you can support. It just sucks. I just wanted to bring that up. All right, let's dive into today's topic. It's uh. You know, I don't know how how in depth I'll go in this episode in regards to these two fine gentlemen, but I did want to talk about them as a child or a young young adult, I should say. Uh, they influenced me in the sense of creating movies that were like, "Holy shit, you can create a movie!" Like these guys are getting away with it, and they were pretty big movies. Um, and I'm talking about Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes or Jay and Silent Bob. You may know him as um, Kevin Smith has had an incredible career out of the gate from being a uh, director, producer, uh, a writer, a uh, actor. And uh, it, it's an interesting career. At, and we'll go into we'll go into why here momentarily but it, but it is interesting and along with him has come Jason Muse. Jason Muse has done his own thing as well as joined his uh as they say heterosec- hetero life mate Kevin Smith but these guys to me is uh given the opportunity to like live what the what an American dream could be to where they've got to do things the way that they've wanted to do them has it all been success no it has not no no, it hasn't. Has it all been glamorous? No, no, it hasn't. Um, is it all big? Is it everything that you like? Probably not. Pro- you know, cut, cutting through the fat on it, probably not. However, it's incredible to see uh, two guys, good buddies, live through all of the shit that they've lived through. Uh, Jason Muse suffered from several uh drug addiction issues and uh, drug addiction as a whole uh kevin smith had i believe it was like a stroke or heart attack and had you know uh, some health issues there 
and they're still going strong to to this day. Um, Kevin Smith has some movies that are still on the books and will be coming out. They also have some incredible podcasts, the, uh, uh, the smog cast and a bunch of other things. Jay is also doing Twitch and that's where they're at today, but let's rewind real quick. Just real quick. Let's start it off with 1994 and Kevin Smith. Now, Kevin Smith, I was trying to find, I'll need to find it. Kevin Smith's actually got a really cool book that I read, kind of a biography, and he talks about some of the movies we're going to be talking about today, but he he also gives his opinion on certain things in which I appreciate because he talks about the Hollywood that most of us will never see or never really hear about from a director's point of view and from an actor's point of view, and it's pretty interesting. And then, of course, he also uh, had a lot of interesting things happen to him in life because of the career and, and, and everything that he's done. So 94, Kevin Smith and a couple of buddies, if I remember correctly, pulled together a little over 10 grand and made a little movie called Clerks. Now, since then, Clerks has been a huge, huge thing um, from a creative standpoint, from a niche audience standpoint, and from everything in between. Um, but had he not followed his dreams and, and came up with the money and you, we probably wouldn't be speaking about Kevin Smith today and you probably wouldn't have seen anything that this man has created. Uh, so there has to be some homage paid to him, especially in the nineties. I mean, at that time it was such a different world, no internet, no this, no, no, no that. And it was a crazy ass movie. If you haven't seen clerks, make sure and check it out. Uh, next to come was mall rats, which is also, and, and all of these have crazy stories. I'm not going to go into them, but they have crazy stories. When you get into mall rats, there's a couple of things you should know. Jason Lee, um, AKA my name is Earl. Uh, that was his first movie. He got into acting because of, uh, what, uh, Giovanna Rubisi's mom was a, what was she? She was like a, uh, manager and a talent manager or some shit and anyways you'll also see a young what ben affleck's in it i think matt damon's in it you'll also see stan lee in it and again it's like kind of this independent mall rat movie which was huge and at the time it was very relevant too because mall rats i mean i was i was a scout of a mall rat in the early 2000s um, and a lot of people i knew were if you live close to a mall in the 90s or early 2000s that was the chill spot. That movie shows it and did a very, very good job. So uh, Kevin Smith directed it and and it uh, was the writer for that as well. Next to come, uh, and we're, we're talking just at the uh, moment about the Kevin Smith directed movies, was Chasing Amy, which was an incredible movie, Ben Affleck again. And uh, let me pull that one up. I remember as a kid watching, watch, or as a young adult watching it, um, ben Affleck's in it. Uh, Joey Adams was in it. Jason Lee's in it. Jason Mewes is in it. Um, and, and several others. The budget was $250 million. The box office made twelve. And mind you, this is 1997, right? So cost you $250,000 to make. Your return was, was uh, whatever, whatever I just said. And actually jumping over to uh, Clerks, the original budget, all in was 27 and then the post because I'm somebody picked them up and then they started doing commercials was 230,000. The return in the box office for clerks was 3.2 million, which again, that's, that's big numbers for back then, in my opinion, for independent films, uh, chasing Amy is a great movie though. Another, another very personal, like if you're a normal person, you want some crazy shit going on. That's what I loved about his films and the way that he did things. It's like, you know, you might know someone that could be this character or that person. And that's what I appreciated about his films. And I, I felt like there was a sense of quality uh, to what he was creating. Next, in 1999, he created Dogma, which was an incredible movie to come out in 1999. Pretty big, pretty big movie. Uh, budget on that was $10 million. Box office was 44. Again, these are these are rated R movies. These are not, these aren't PG-13. Like Kevin Smith does not fucking hold back. He goes after it. And that's one of the things I appreciate about his comedy style 
unlike a lot of other movies where they they bring it to a PG-13 because they want to get more money and you lose part of the story. In my in my opinion, Kevin Smith brings the Kevin Smith to the movie. Dogma was a, an incredible movie, very funny. Um again, especially for his time, Ben Affleck, uh Matt Damon, Linda Fortino, Salma Hayek, Jason Lee, Bud Court, uh Jason Mewes, Alan Rickman, Chris Rock. Uh the, just so many more. I mean, there's so many people in that movie. It was freaking, it was just freaking absolutely crazy. The story was crazy. Um, yeah, it's just, wow. Uh, next one, Jay, Jay and Silent Bob straight back. So if you guys don't know, uh, Jay and Silent Bob started in the movie Clerks, and then he's had representations of these folks throughout most of these other movies, which Silent Bob is Kevin Smith. Jason Mewes would be Jay. Jay's kind of the... Uh, crazy ass, fast talking, saying crazy shit. Uh, guy that sits out the bodega. Meanwhile, his buddy, Silent Job or Silent Job, Silent Bob, only has a couple of lines. Great, great thing. So, uh, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. This came out in 2001, 22 million dollar budget. Box office made 33.8. Had Ben Affleck again, Kevin Smith. Uh, Elza Dushka, Shannon Elizabeth, Will Ferrell, Ali Later, Jason Lee, Chris Rock, Kevin Smith, uh, I already said that one, and Jason Mewes, and, and many others. Many, many others. That was a fully stacked cast on that one. Um, next one, 2004, he made the movie Jersey Girl. So you'll notice that he goes kind of back and forth, chasing Amy, a little bit of a dramatic movie, a little drama. Uh, Jersey Girl also was a little drama. It was a good movie, though, if you haven't seen it. I I enjoyed the movie. Again, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, George Carlin is in it. Uh, Mike Starr, uh, Raquel Castro, Jason Biggs, Jennifer Lopez, and and others. So that one barely broke even. That's unfortunate. Um, I I didn't mind the movie. Uh, Clerks 2 came out 2006. So at the time, this was big because... Clerks was had resurfaced as this like big niche movie that everybody had to see that everybody was watching. Um, and Kevin Smith w- was starting to starting to kind of cruise. Uh, Clerks two cost five million, made twenty seven million, um, and then it has Jeff Anderson, uh, Brian, uh, let's see Rosario Dawson, Trevor Fairman. Uh, let's uh, most of the cast, not all of it, but most of the cast from the original Clerks movie to include Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, reprising their roles there. Um, Zach and Mira make a porno. This was done in 2008. This was pretty funny. I I thought it was a funny movie. Um, again, Kevin Smith directed. It had Seth Rogen, Elizabeth Banks, Craig Robinson, Jason Mewes, Tracy Lords, Jeff Anderson, Katie Morgan, Ricky Mabe. And uh, yeah, it's a fun movie. Again, all of these movies that I'm talking about here are adult movies. This next movie is very interesting. So this next movie and where he kind of goes from here, um, as far as Kevin Smith's debut or or not debut, his uh, film repertoire is, is pretty interesting. So he created the movie called Cop Out. And in his book and online, you can read about this. He had some issues with Bruce Willis that he's a pain in the ass. But prior to that, he was like, dude, this dude, um, was one of my heroes. It was Bruce Willis. And there's some very interesting things um, that had conspired on the set that you like, you never really hear about unless someone talks about them. And in this case, uh, Kevin Smith talked about it and it, it's pretty crazy uh, to understand the dynamic with Tracy Morgan being a very positive, trying to make it right. And then a very difficult situation with Bruce Willis. Ultimately the movie cost 30 million Box office made 55.6. So overall, uh, it was supposed to be a big budget film. Didn't didn't quite hit the way that they thought. But going from there, I'm not going to go into the rest of these movies necessarily. Going from there, Kevin Smith really kind of branched out into several different directions. He came out with Red State, Tusk, Yoga Hosers. Those are three more of independent style movies that that were not commercial hits. They just weren't. I'm not talking shit. I'm just telling you the way it is. Um, they didn't make a lot of money and it kind of left for a weird position, um, for, for where does he go from, from here? Right. 
Um, currently, 2021, he has, without a lot of details or really any information, I'm looking at the website, Kilroy was here. I don't see anything there. Um, and then I believe he's working on Master of the Universe as well. So that's kind of his his film. You know, the, that's the cinema that he has created. Um, he's also tied to a lot of different things uh, as a writer. He has credits for Overnight Delivery, Coyote Ugly, Live Free or Die Hard, Fanboy, Jane, Silent, uh, Super Groovy Cartoon. Um, he's been producers on, you know, stuff like Goodwill Hunting, Tail Light Fad, uh, Big Helium Dog, Vulgar. Real Paradise, Small Town Gay Bar, Bear Nation, Shooting Clerks, and many others. Acting roles, he's, uh, again, Kevin Smith has been in all kinds of stuff. Um, from Clerks, Small Rats, Drawing uh, drawing Flies, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Scream 3, Jane Silent Bob, of course. And I'm going to skim over some of these. Daredevil, Dougal, Bottoms Up, Southland Tales, Clerks 2, Superman, Doomsday, TMNT, Live Free or Die die hard and a lot of these are just extras and it just keeps going on and on and on uh 2017 he was in teen titans the judas contract as himself with a cameo um uh he was in star wars the rise of the star War, uh, skywalker as a commander he's done a shitload of podcasts and a lot of q a's done a lot of media um from the smog cast to jay and silent bob's uh podcast fat man on batman and just so much more he's also been in a shitload of television um he's done music videos which i thought was which i thought was kind of crazy um he did silent he was playing as silent bob as kick some ass by the artist stroke nine and i'm upset by with drake um and several others he also uh was featured in video games lego batman 3 beyond gotham as himself in call of duty infinite more warfare as himself uh which i thought was pretty cool and now of course you know that he is a huge huge comic fan superhero fan um dc and he's made a career uh part of his career with uh doing the video or doing the cinema acting but he's also created a segment in in his career path for doing his podcast and for doing some of the Q and a stuff that he's been able to do and, and just really diving into the stuff that the dude fucking loves. And that to me is amazing. Let's not forget about his life mate there. Mr. Jason Muse, who's also, uh, they've done, done some of the smog cast together. He's been in a shitload of movies. Uh, film, let's talk a little bit about his film, uh, 94s and clerks adults only. He went in and did mall rats. Uh, he was in chasing Amy dogma. Tail lights flay, uh, fade. The Blair Clown Project, witness number three. He was in Clerks, the animated series. Uh, Scream three, vulgar. Uh, High Times potluck. Polly Shore is dead. Uh, let's. It, it's just there's so many. Uh, Degrassi, the Next Generation, Clerks two, Feast, National Lampoon's the movie, Bottoms Up. Um, in the list goes on. Zankamira make a porno. Fanboys, Tom Cool. Uh, shoot the hero i'm just gonna skip over like the dude's got a huge huge list huge he was in hawaii 5 for an episode uh he was in scooby-doo the 2015 uh most recently he was in 2020 he was in a movie called moose jaws oh i almost forgot to uh 2019 they did the jay and silent bob reboot which him and of course kevin smith reprised her roles video games he was also in call of duty Infinite Warfare as himself. And then he was also in, and I didn't know this until I read this, was in Fallout 76 as Mort, the Wastelander, in the Wastelanders expansion. He's also, uh, Jason Muse has also uh, got kind of his own niche niche following. He does, uh, most recently I saw he was on doing a bunch of Twitch stuff. He's got a bunch of his own independent kind of Q&A um, Q&A kind of stuff he does and was doing a bunch of uh, podcast stuff. And uh, so he, I believe, is doing well. I think both of them are doing really well with the podcast stuff and in and, and kind of where they're at with everything. And one of the things I did want to talk about...
There we go. Because I've been following this for a while and I wanted to talk about it. Oh, there we go. So uh, Kevin Smith started this. And uh, right there, it says Snoochie Boochies right on the website. You guys can check it out. I think it's pretty cool. It's called jandsilentbob.com. Anyways, you can check out, they have what's called the Secret Stash, which is a comic book store. This is actually, that's just the, uh, sorry, not to confuse this. jandsilentbob.com is just their big ass merch store. They also did some uh, movie stuff. So that, that was the other reason why I wanted to bring this up. So the Secret Stash is, let me try to find it here. Because I clicked on the wrong thing. Anyways, they recently moved and, and redid it. It's a comic book shop in New Jersey. Um, the guys show up and do a little bit of stuff there. Anyways, it's I believe it's been a joint venture for 20 years or or close to 20 years. They just moved the store, and then the, I believe they have, like, guest appearances and all of that stuff. But it's a pretty bitching little, little comic shop that they've got there. Um, and then they, yeah, if you go to the Secret Stash, secretstashstuff.com, you can check it out. They also, both Jay and Silent Bob, Jason Muse, Kevin Smith, also did a bunch of movie. Let me see if it's, let me see if there's anything on that one. So I was following this as well. Movie pop-up. So movies is uh, their little fast food chain. Oh, there we go. They were doing a bunch of movies, pop-ups, uh, Book Phoenix Reservations. Oh, so they still are doing it now. So you can check out M-O-O-B-Y-S. They were doing pop-ups. Uh, I know they did some in Chicago, and I'm assuming they did some in uh, New Jersey and and just all over. They were popping up, trying to help, trying to help some stuff, help out some people and doing some different things. It's pretty cool to see it, though. It's pretty cool to watch. Movies, Phoenix. Um, anyways, you can check it out, movies.com. So these guys, it's just crazy to me because they're still relevant. Uh, in my opinion, they're still relevant and they've built a, an incredible career. Now, obviously they're not highfalutin. They're not Tom Cruise. They're not, they're not at probably Kevin Hart to some people, but to some people, these guys have been tried and true for fucking ever since 1994. Clerks came out, following up with Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, bump, bump, bump. I could just go on and on um, attached to the film piece. But these guys adapted, and that to me is the awesome part of this. And, uh, you know, Kevin Smith's like the fucking wizard. Uh, he, he's just a fucking wizard when it comes to comic characters and his opinion and the stories and, and everything. And Jason Mewes has an incredible following. He's the, the fast-lipped, funny uh, funny character that he is. He also did, and I mentioned this real briefly earlier. He's also uh, been very open about his drug abuse issues and everything. Which, in return, I would I would uh, suspect because he had podcasts with both uh, himself and Kevin Smith where they talked about it. Kevin Smith was kind of like the moderator for it, and I I would think that uh, somebody like him being upfront and honest, talking about the the pitfalls, the goods, the bads, the uglies, everything in between could and probably was a helpful thing for for others as well so these guys have done like got almost everything you could do in show business between the two of them between the acting the directing the writing the producing um the they were featured in video games they've been featured in animated shows they've got their own podcasts they've got twitch accounts they've got the it's just incredible my hat is off to those two guys and i really do hope to see more from them as the years years come, they're both. Uh, I wouldn't say they're young. They're they're not spring chickens anymore, as they're both creeping into that big, the big fifty age group. But I know that that both of them have a lot more to offer. Make sure and check out their podcast. Check out some of their old uh, old and, and current movies, and so much more. Again, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, Jay and Silent Bob. You've got the movies restaurant. You've got the. Um, all their podcasts, everything in between the secret stash comic book shop there in New Jersey. So much more. Whew. Out of breath. Try to run through that one as quick as I could. Cause I could sit here and talk in detail about each movie. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll revisit this because I appreciate what these guys have done, um, from an artistic level, but I also appreciate that they're still relevant. They're still doing their thing and it's showing guys, uh, like Dustin and I, with with our podcast, it's like you don't have to be this tremendous star power to be relevant. Um, not that not that I'm 
directly comparing myself and Dustin to Kevin and, and uh, Jason. Uh, but uh, it, it just makes makes me uh, a bit happy. I also like I liked his uh, his crazy take on shit. Uh, Kevin Smith's filming and and everything in between. That's it, guys. I hope you appreciate or you appreciate. Wrong word. Wrong word. I hope you enjoyed today's Monday Madness episode. Shitload of news in the beginning. Wrapped it up with the boys, and uh, that's gonna be it. As always, uh, shit, I think I forgot to mention it in the beginning of the damn episode. Hopefully you caught Dustin's episode. I did. I'm pretty sure I freaking missed it. Uh, I hope you caught Dustin's most recent episode of the Friday show. He had a bunch of good uh, news news chunks. Um, he also talked about the archival uh, video games, which was a very interesting uh, topic. I'm glad that he dove into it. Uh and he, I believe he said he's going to dive into uh, film and some other stuff, too. So make sure check out the Friday show from last week. If you guys did not catch it, episode 101, it's Monday. I hope you guys have an incredible week. And then this Friday, of course, you'll be able to catch the Friday show once again. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible week. That's it for Monday Madness here on the Culture Jack podcast. And don't forget, check out the podcast on Apple podcast soundcloud stitcher spotify uh you can check out some of our content on youtube and facebook that's it that's all i got have a great week guys thank you for tuning in